For those of you that kind of follow uh, the ministry closely and follow um, the version that I've been preaching out of since the 80s has been the King James Version. I'm switching over to the New King James Version, so I don't know if that matters to you or not, but uh, that's what we're going to be looking at in the booth unless we ask for something else. And I'm preaching out of the ever-increasing Faith Ministries Bible. Given to me by Fred and Betty Price. Signed and occasion gift three eighteen ninety nine. So I'm preaching out of a nineteen ninety nine. Did I say eighteen? No word. I did not. I'm going home. No, nineteen ninety nine. Wow, that would be a while. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how we recover from that. I see. Thank you very much. Pride goes before a fall, huh? I guess you're right again. All right, let's look in our Bibles at 1 Timothy chapter 6. And CIA is being dismissed. Are you already dismissed? And... Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll pray um, over the word tonight. And uh, there's a lot of truth in here that I, I'm going to share with you. And uh, if I'm not able to get done tonight, I'll get it on another Wednesday night or possibly a Sunday morning. But let's just come into agreement concerning the word tonight that we're going to hear. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for moving so mightily already in this service. Thank you, Father, for the word of God, which is alive and filled with power. Lord God, we would ask for utterance tonight. I pray that each heart would be open, each ear would be open, and that we'd all be receptive to your word and to your spirit. And Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise for it tonight in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. So look in your Bibles at 1 Timothy chapter 6. And notice with me a verse of scripture here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we notice verse 12 where it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, sometimes when you see the word fight, that's people stop right there and just start fighting. No, we're not to fight our neighbor. Uh, we're not to fight our wife or our husband we are to fight the good fight of faith how many of you know in life you do not have to have all of the answers this is not the good fight of knowledge this is not fighting the good of fight of answers I'm going to tell you what this is not a knowledge fight it's a fight of faith. And I know what will get you through because I know what has gotten me through. Well, through what? Well, sometimes through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes through a severe test. Sometimes uh, through a lighter test. But I know beyond any shadow of a doubt what has gotten me through. And I know what will get you through. Even though you don't always understand why. You, have, you know that God is good. But here's what will get you through. 
through your tears, through the difficult times, through the difficult days, you look up and say, God, I trust you. I do not have to have all the answers to trust me. And if you will do that, he will set your feet on a rock. He will uphold you with the right hand of his righteousness. He will honor your faith. He will reward you with his goodness and his presence and enable you to come out the other side because you trust him. Now, to hold on to that in this world, you have to fight the good fight of faith. And you'll have to hold fast to what you know in the word of God and what you know in your spirit. I've discovered this, that the devil cannot scare me. And if he can't scare me, he can't stop me. And he can come with all of his threats and he can come with all of his images and he can come with all of his lies. But when the enemy tries with me and I believe with you, he's going to run into a fight. Is that right? What do we do when the enemy comes with that? We just kind of bristle up and we go into the fighting mode. And so, in order to fight the good fight of faith, you've got to have some backbone. And be sure that you are going to fight for what's right. Everyone say, I'm fighting for what's right. Now, notice the rest of the verse. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of of many witnesses. We're going to go back to that. But now turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy, just one epistle over. Chapter 4. And we notice that the Apostle Paul, he's coming to the end of his race. And he's charging his son in the faith, young Timothy. And he's really charging anyone who reads these letters. He said in verse 1, he said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Don't preach what you think. Don't preach anything but the word. Then he says, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers teacher teacher itch my ear tell me what I'm longing to hear so Paul is warning about that And he says, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Everyone said, endure afflictions. I wish afflictions didn't come, but they do, so we're to endure them. Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. By the way, you do not have to be an evangelist to do the work of an evangelist. 
Amen. You are an ambassador to tell people about Jesus. Amen. Now notice in verse 6, for he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, the Apostle Paul knew that it was just about time for him to leave planet Earth. How many of you know that there's departures going on right now? But also there's what? Arrivals. There's arrivals coming daily, weekly, by the moment, but there's departures happening. Amen. And departing is not a bad thing. Just so you depart right. At the right time. And the right place. He said, and the time of my departure is at hand. He says, I have fought the good fight. He said, I have finished the race. And he said, I have kept the faith. What do you suppose the good fight he fought was? The good fight that the Apostle Paul fought is he fought the good fight. And he said this. He said, I have finished my race. Glory to God. And finally, there is laid out for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do you love his appearing? So the Apostle Paul saying, you know what, I'm happy about it. He said, I'm ready because I fought a good fight. And the key here is he finished his race. Don't leave till you're finished. Amen? Don't leave till you're satisfied. Don't leave until you've finished all that God has called you to do. Somebody says, well, I'm not called behind the pulpit, but you're called as a child of God. Every one of us have a race. Every one of us have a designated lane that we are going to be flowing in in these days. But the key is do it all. Finish it up. Keep the faith. Fight the good fight. Now, sometimes in discussing Bible subjects, it's good for us to know what something is not before we discuss what it is. So let's talk for a few moments about what the good fight of faith is not. Number one, number one, the good fight of faith or the fight of faith is not trying to defeat an already defeated foe. It's not trying to defeat Satan because Satan, in fact, has already been defeated. I said, Satan, in fact, has already been defeated. He is a defeated foe. Jesus whooped him. Amen. In his own backyard. And the Bible says he triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. And he made a show of them openly. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he triumphed over them in it. In his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection, Satan was left without the keys that he once had. And Jesus said, now look, sons, daughters, here's the keys of the kingdom. So fighting the good fight of faith is, is, is not trying to defeat a defeated foe. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy 
him that had the power of death, that is the devil. What we are to do is to enforce his defeat. Amen? Or to walk in the authority or to walk in the victory that has been so freely provided for us. Number two, fighting the good fight of faith is not fighting flesh and blood. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, let me just quote it to you for the sake of time. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against wicked spirits in heavenly places. Amen? So our fight is not with humanity. It's not fighting, if you will, flesh and blood. A spiritual battle and enforcing Satan's defeat is fought with spiritual weapons. You know, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He says, because the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for what? The pulling down of strongholds. And then he says, cast down those imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Your main warfare is up here. But remember, the battle is with a defeated foe. But you must remind him that he's been whooped. And you must take your dominion and take your Authority, And then thirdly, fighting the good fight of faith is not fighting with mere knowledge. I heard this years ago, and it has really helped me, and that is this statement, that it is knowledge that is acted upon that brings results. You know, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, but knowledge alone is not the thing that will cause you to overcome. But when you begin to act on the knowledge of God's Word, and one way that you act on the knowledge of God's Word is by speaking and declaring faith-filled words. Let the redeemed of the Lord let them say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So how then do we fight the good fight of faith. Again, in 1 Timothy 6.12, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Now notice, To which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession. Everyone say, Confessed? Confess. The good confession. Good. In the presence of many witnesses. So connected very closely to fighting the good fight of faith is the word confession. Maybe in your Bible, it is the word profession. Okay? Now, notice in verse 13 of 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. And I've got to get back there again. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 13. Thank you. He said, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus. Now, notice. Who witnessed the what? Who witnessed the what? What kind of a confession? It was a good confession. And who was it before? It was before Pontius Pilate. So, number one, we're establishing this, that one way you fight the good fight of faith, not the only way, is with a good confession. It's a big part of it. 
And really, when you look at the life of Jesus and you spend time in the Gospels and you read the red and you follow his life very closely, you will find that he is the best example of this. He is the best example of this. And we'll show you this in the word. Let me remind you of the whole armor of God. Everyone say the whole armor of God. He tells us to put it on. Amen. We're to take it up. So that we can stand in the evil day. He tells us to stand with our waist girded about with truth. Okay? See, that, that girdle on the Roman soldier, what that girdle would do is that would hold up the rest of his armor. And what the word does, it holds up our entire life. And then he says, take the breastplate of righteousness or right standing with God. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, whence you shall be able to quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, right? Okay, all of them. And then he says, and take the helmet of salvation. This is what I want you to see. And the sword, everyone say the sword. The sword of the spirit, which is what? Now that word, word there is rhema. So part of the armor or part of the weaponry whereby we enforce Satan's defeat is the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema or it is the spoken utterance, the spoken word of God. Amen. Amen. Now, in Revelation 1:16, John saw the Lord and had a vision of the Lord. And in Revelation 1.16, we're talking about Jesus being the best example of fighting the good fight of faith with words. Amen? In Revelation 1.16, it says, And he had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth, went what? It went, went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. That sharp two-edged sword coming out of the master's mouth, I believe, was the rhema, the spoken word of the living God. Woo! Glory to God. And the word of God is alive and is filled with power and is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. Woo! It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's Word is alive. You get it in you, and you start believing it and start speaking it, it gets alive in you. And when you open your mouth and declare the Word, you're speaking life. You're speaking light. You're speaking God's Word. Matthew chapter 4. Amen. Stick with me tonight. It'll be worth your stay. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Of course, Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he'd fasted 40 days and 40 nights, don't you know he was ready for an in-and-out burr? (laughs) Or he was ready for tacos. I like Tuesday because Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. (laughs) Brenda and I will look at each other in the office and we'll say, what are you going to eat tonight? It's Tuesday. 
Taco Tuesday. We like our tacos. Amen. Okay. Now when the tempter came to him, and he said, if. See, if is the badge of doubt, right? So what Satan was trying to do here with Jesus, he was trying to put doubt in his mind on his identity. Nothing new. Same thing today. He tries to cheat people, rob people, destroy people by getting them to question what their purpose is, who they are. You know, if you look in the Bible, you'll find out who you are. If you'll pray, God will show you what your purpose is. And so he comes with this doubt. He said, now, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be make, become bread. Jesus did not reason with him in the, re, in the arena of reason. He didn't pull out his driver's license. Say, so It says right here, Jesus of Nazareth. No. What Jesus did is he pulled out the sword. He said, it is written, Turkey. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema of God. Amen? That comes from the mouth of God. And then, of course, the devil's persistent because he is stupid with a capital S. He took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Will the devil throw the word at you? He will, but it'll always be in half-truths. It'll always be in half-truths. It'll always be out of context. The context of that is Psalms 91. And the context of living your life in the secret place of the Most High, not committing suicide, tempting God. No. And so Jesus did the same thing. He pulls out the sword. It is written again. He says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Don't you like that? And then the devil took him up to an exceeding high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me? And then Jesus said to him, away with you. That was enough. Away with you, Satan, for it is written You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So here's a wonderful example of Jesus holding fast, of fighting the good fight of faith. You know, in the natural realm, he was hungry. You know that perhaps even maybe he was weary. It doesn't say he was. But how did Jesus overcome this great temptation? He did it by father-pleasing and world-overcoming faith. He said, I do always those things that please my dad. I do always those things that please my father. Didn't the Bible say that Without faith, we can't please him. And then he did it with overcoming faith that overcomes the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, another big aspect of this, 
Back in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, here's another big aspect of this that we want to look at tonight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the eternal life in which you were summoned. And I'm reading from the Amplified. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confessed the good confession of faith before many witnesses. I want you to pay attention to that word, lay hold. Everyone say lay hold. Now, this gives us insight, a little more insight, anyway, of what this fight, fight is all about. Lay hold, he says. Why would he say lay hold? Because there's something else trying to pull it away from you. Mm-hmm. Amen? Yeah. This fight, again, isn't trying to get God to do something or to defeat the devil. This fight is just not letting anybody or anything take away from you what you've laid hold of. Have you laid hold of some things? Come on, somebody help me tonight. Have you, have you gone after something and embraced it and laid hold of it? That's why he tells you to hold fast the profession of your faith. Why? Because there's a tug of war taking place. Now, we know that the devil's a liar, that he's a thief, and that he will come, right? Look look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. One of the the major keys to living a sustained life, and that's what we're preaching on on Sunday mornings now, living the sustained life. One of the major, major keys to doing this is you've got to be a fighter. You've got to fight. Yes, indeed. You must be a fighter. Somebody says, well, I, I'm just kind of a meek and lowly person. I'm not talking about being a fighter in the flesh. No. I'm talking about being a fighter and being bold and being aggressive in the spirit. Okay. It doesn't have anything to do with flesh right. or your antics. But it has to do with your heart. That you've laid hold of this. It's mine. You can't have it. You can't take it. This is mine. Amen? So in 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the Bible says, Resist him, again, not assist him. But resist him steadfast with your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He can't stop you. When you do this, the only option that he has is to flee. So I just dropped by to encourage you a while tonight. Don't turn loose. Don't let go. Because the enemy wants you to quit. He wants you to stop. But you can get in. You can stay in, and you can be bold. I tell you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Say with me, I can do all things through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, and His anointing. Now declare this tonight. I am a good faith fighter. One more time. I am a good faith fighter. Now let's go over to Pontius Pilate here a minute. Remember at the beginning of this message a few moments ago, in verse 13 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
He says, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession. And who did he witness a good confession before? Pontius, Pontius Pilate. Now, if you can, pull that verse 13 up in the message translation. This is so good. You're going to go home tonight happy. You're getting a happy meal at Heart of the Bay. And it's free. Amen? You're going to go home stronger, happier, ready to get and make in the arena of faith and fight. Hallelujah. And the fight of faith is not all getting all sweaty and ugly and out of shape. There's a rest of faith. They which have believed have entered into the rest of God. Amen. Now this is awesome. Read it with me. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 13. Ready? Read. I'm charging you before the life-giving God and before Christ who took his stand before Pontius Pilate and didn't give him an inch. Glory. He, he didn't give him a what? Is this describing the good fight or what? I'm encouraging you tonight. Don't give that turkey, that idiot, that defeated foe one inch. No room. No room. You know, on Wednesdays I stay home and I get ready for Wednesday night and I pray and you know, just kind of seek God and different things like that. And I was in my office at home today, and I, I had a golden opportunity to give the devil an inch about something that happened yesterday. You don't need to know what it is. I had a golden opportunity to be down to wear a frown, almost level to the ground. You ever been there before? Well, certainly you have. We've all been there. But I just opened my mouth. And I said, I'm not giving you, devil, one inch. I don't, I don't have any room for this in my life. I really don't. I don't have time for this. I'm not going to get in bed and cover my head with the sheets. Now, my eye was on the bed because the bed's right close to the... <laughs> But I say, you know, I just don't have room for this. I don't. Now, do you? No. Because if you give place to that, tomorrow will be darker than today. Amen? Sometimes I'll just start singing. I'll sing old songs like, Cast not away your confidence. Keep the switch of faith turned on. And I'll sing to myself, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. I'm singing. Then I've got a hallway upstairs. We call it Hallelujah Hallway. And some nights we call it Ha Ha Hallway. And we just fake it. We fake like we're happy. We just fake it till we make it. <laughs> Try it on for size. Ha, ha, ha. I don't have any room for that. I don't have any place for that. There's no room. There's no room in the inn. 
You ever gotten knocked down? All of us have. Certainly. But the key is, is don't stay down. Now, I fed on some really, really good teaching um, along the lines of vision this week at the AFCM conference in Wilmer. They just had Tim Gilligan did three sessions on vision, and Chandler did three sessions on some things. It was really good. They call it salt and pepper. Chandler being a black man and, of course, Tim being a white man. Uh, But Tim's teaching along the lines of vision inspires me. It encourages me. I was about to get discouraged, but I figured, you know what? I can make some adjustments and get encouraged. You know, you, sometimes when you hear what other people are doing, and you look at what you're doing, <laughs> that's just the devil. What God's got you in, what you're doing is big. I need a little help with that. I said, what God's got you in, what God's got you doing is no small thing in the eyes of God. It's big. We serve a big God. He's got a big plan. He's got big power. He's got big provision for every one of you. Amen. Amen. But he said something that really, really took hold of me. Chandler Cleveland, E.E. Cleveland's grandson, who was the bishop of Church of God in Christ... Ephesians, Church of God in Christ in Berkeley, right? Oakland, Berkeley area. Uh, asked uh, Tim a question at the end of his teaching. And he said, now, Tim, he said, um, do, you ever, do you ever have a day where you're just down? Where you're just down? And he wasn't being arrogant, and he wasn't being cocky, but I loved how he answered it. And this helped me, and it'll help you too. He says, no, he says, I've been down. He said, but I'm either on my way up, or I'm up. (laughs) You you get that? There's a difference. I'm either on my way up. I mean, I got knocked down, but I'm on my way up. I'm I'm coming up. How about you? He said, I'm either on my way up or I'm up. (laughs) That's good stuff right there. So remember that next time you get knocked down, don't stay down. You're on your way up. Now, it might take you a while to get up, and that's all right, but you're on your way. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on my way. I'm going up. Amen. So in closing, look at John chapter 18. Let's look at this with Pontius Pilate. John chapter 18, verse 33 and verse 34. And really, if we were going to do this justice, we could go into it in great detail. But let's, let's work with it just a minute. In John 18 and verse 33. Then Pilate entered Praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, saying, Are you speaking for yourself about this? (laughs) Or did others tell you concerning me? Don't you know he's not scared one bit? He knows what he's facing. But he ain't backing down. And then Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Listen to this boldness. And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate didn't know what a precarious situation he could have been in. And so Pilate answered and said, are you a king then? Are you a king? And here's where faithless people oftentimes compromise, but not Jesus. Jesus declared a good profession. Jesus answered, and you said, you say rightly that I'm a king, for that's why I was born. And for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Friends, can you just pick up a little bit on that confidence there? That boldness. That refusal to back down. I mean, on the cross, if he wanted to, he could have called legions of angels and wiped that whole bunch out just like that. But he confidently held steady. Now, John 19, verse 10 and 11. Remember... uh, His wife had a dream about Jesus, and she was trying to talk Pilate into, you know, back back off. You you don't need this. You don't need this. And so Pilate calls him back. You know, he's rethinking it. In John 19, verse 10, Then Pilate said to him, Are you speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you? (laughs) And power to release you? And Jesus answered and said, look, he said, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. He said, therefore, the one who delivered to me to you has the greater sin. Now, what we're looking at tonight and talking about is fighting the good fight of faith. Jesus is our prime example. When we look at the master here, we see unswerving faith. He looks death. He looks at the cross. He looks at hell. He looks Pilate in the face. And he says, you have no power. Oh, friends, can you see this tonight? When the enemy comes to your door to tell you that you're a victim, you're helpless. You can't do anything about this. Something needs to rise up on the inside of you. I said something needs to rise up. On the inside of you, look the enemy square in the face and just let him know, you got no power over me at all. You must fight sickness, fight depression, fight poverty with the word. The word tonight is, heart of the bay, rise up. Fight the good fight of faith. Let's stand to our feet. Let's end this night with a great confession of faith. Amen. Raise your hands and thank you for the word that you've heard tonight. Father, we thank you for the word that we have heard tonight. Declare this real strong with me. Poverty, you have no power over me at all. Depression, you have no power over me at all. Sickness and disease, you have no strength in my life. Now, when you declare the word of the Lord, when you declare the rhema of God, God's power will come 
and it'll bring a change in your life. So I'm encouraging you tonight to lay hold of the word. Wrap your arms around it and say, this is mine. And you know what? I believe this. I believe your dad in heaven, your father in heaven, and I believe Jesus, our elder brother, our Lord, our master, I believe they get happy. How many of you know he's watching over his word to perform it? Come on, somebody. My heavenly father's looking down, looking at you. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's my daughter. That's my son. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Make the Lord smile. Show him your faith. Just go like this and say, I'm wrapping my arms around the blood covenant. I'm laying hold. And I'm fighting the good fight of faith. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? Amen and amen.